up to Matthew, Matthew 11. All right. Uh, before we begin, I just want to uh, add uh, to Layla's segment. We would love it if ministry was always just neat and clean, with a trimmed off with a nice little bow. But real ministry is meeting people at, at the point where their life is a big mess, where it's the worst. And uh, you can't always present that in a, in a nice, neat package because it really isn't that way. It can be very difficult. Um, so at any rate, I again, I just want to express my appreciation for your reaching out in this topic and subject. It's broad, but uh, we are... Uh, making some great connections here in the Tampa Bay area in reaching out to trafficked girls and women. And so I believe that opportunity for the re uh, months ahead and this year will begin to open up and that ministry will bloom for, with opportunities for you to be involved. So Layla, once again, thank you. All right. Have you found uh, Matthew chapter 11? Yes. How about verse 28? All right. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and the burden that I give is light. There's a basic formula for living a successful life with God. And it's a wonderful pattern repeated throughout the Bible. And I call it the four F's. These four basic practices are always working together in the lives of people who truly walk with God. In fact, these four practices cannot work apart from each other. And they always work in a certain consecutive order. They are fellowship, focus, function, and fruit. The pattern of the four F's is found throughout Scripture, and it's evident everywhere in life. It's a group of interconnected divine laws that, uh, that will always result in success if we apply ourselves to the four F's faithfully. The four F's is actually the way to live with God and to serve Jesus Christ. And most importantly, it's the way to live your life on purpose rather than by accident. God wants us to have control over our own lives with a sense of purpose and guidance that comes from within, rather than uh, waiting to see whatever life happens to throw at you. So I call this deliberate living. Everyone say deliberate living. So we're talking about the four F's, fellowship, focus, function, fruit, the four F's of deliberate living. The four F's are the four principles of deliberate living that will lift your life above circumstances and they'll cause you to stride through life's uncertainties without falling apart. Wouldn't that be wonderful? 
by applying the four F's of deliberate living to your own daily life, not only will you maintain balance through life's peaks and valleys, but you'll arrive at the destinations and achieve the goals that God has intended for you. The most wonderful feature about the four F's is that uh, living a successful life in Christ doesn't depend on how smart, how rich, or well-connected you are. It works through those who are overlooked as well as those who are popular. And the four F's will cause you to face life with a confidence that overcomes the material disadvantages that you and I might have in our life. In other words, if you don't have enough money, education, or the support of other people seems to be big today. Nobody seems to be able to do anything with their life unless other people support them. But if you don't have the support of other people, the education, the money, and all those other things, this wonderful divine set of principles that we call the four F's will transform your life once you put them into practice without those advantages. They are the advantage. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So the four Fs work together in a consecutive interlocking way, a system of laws, if you will. And so let's take a look at them briefly. And what I want to do this morning is just kind of introduce you to the idea of the four Fs, fellowship, focus, function, and fruit, and what they are. And then next week we'll begin to drill down into these, these laws. Because the Lord said, take my yoke, let me teach you, and you will find rest for your souls. God wants you and I to live in a place of what rest means. I don't even think some people know what rest means. But, but whatever rest meant when Jesus said, you'll find rest for your souls, that's the good life. That's the life that we want to have. That isn't dependent upon all those other things. And um, so let's take his yoke. Let's let him teach us about the four F's fellowship, focus, function, and fruit. First of all, fellowship. Fellowship comes first because it's the beginning point of everything in God. You can't go anywhere in God without fellowship with Him. Unless you're in fellowship, whatever fellowship means, if, unless you're in fellowship with God, there's nothing about Christianity that will ever really work in your life. It's the beginning point of everything else. Fellowship with God is what connects you with His love, with His wisdom, and with His ability. The Bible could be shouting at you and I the promises of God, promising us all the blessings. All of heaven can be leaning into your life with God's intention and desire to rescue you and to help you and to lift you up. But none of those things will actually begin to enter your life until you come in to fellowship with him. So it's absolutely critical. It's why fellowship is number one. John records Jesus' comment like this regarding fellowship. If you remain in me, and that's really what fellowship is, and my words remain in you, then ask whatever you want and it will be done. What an astounding promise. Ask whatever you want, and it will be done. 
Think with me this morning. Have you ever asked and it wasn't done? Uh, yeah. Well, hello, let's be honest. You, you've gotten everything you've ever asked for? No. I like that man. I like his answer. It's still coming. Well, the truth of the matter is that God wants to bring us into a place of harmony and fellowship with him so that there's this, this kind of relationship where in, in that intimate place of fellowship, the Spirit of God is moving in our life, and when we ask him for things, the Lord says, absolutely, and it comes forth. And in order to have that freedom that Jesus promised, he said, if you abide in me, if you abide. So fellowship is the foundation of focus and of function and of fruit. So the next three laws come out of fellowship with God. So let's talk about focus. You know, focus is the first thing that God gives us when we get into fellowship with him. When you enter into fellowship with the Lord, if you read about any of the great men and women of God throughout the Bible, once they had an encounter with God and they came into fellowship with the Lord, the first thing God gave them was focus. Focus is when God begins to show you your life from his perspective. In Romans chapter 4, Paul writes about Abraham who was referred to as the father of faith. And I think it was last week or so we talked about how he had promised him a son, 75 years old, uh, his wife 65. He had never had children. She was barren. And God said, not only are you going to have a son, but you're going to have so many descendants, they're going to outnumber the stars of the sky and the sand that are upon the sea. And one of your descendants is going to rise up and become the savior of the world. So this is a fantastic promise to Abraham and one, however, that every circumstance around him said, this is crazy talk. This can't be God that you're talking to because this is unreal. This is, this is insane talk. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 4, against hope, Abraham believed in hope with the result that he became the father of many nations according to what God had said. So how did that come about? Because Abraham had a focus that God gave him. When he got into fellowship with God, I'm sure he had a lot of things he would have liked to have brought up. Lord, I'd, I've got some questions that I'd like answered. I've got issues in my life. But when you truly get into fellowship with God, he begins to talk to you about his perspective of your life. When you listen to what he says about you, you start learning who you are in his heart and in his mind, and you start seeing his intention for your life, and it gives you what we call focus. The kind of focus to stand in the midst of life's impossibilities and say, it doesn't matter. I've seen who I am in God. I've heard God's plan. The Lord has spoken a word into my heart. No matter what anyone else says, I know that I've heard from God. That, that is focus. 
So through fellowship, God shows us His will so that we could proceed select, uh, uh, not selectively, successfully, sorry, with a clear vision and overcome what's happening around us. That is focus. And from it, we receive, when we receive focus from God, we receive the impartation of the next law, which is function. Function is simply God's ability and power imparted to you to perform His will. It's one thing to know what God wants. And um, usually by the time the Lord is, is done showing you what He wants, if it were not for the fact that He imparted power, you would be just flat out in a state of denial or unbelief, overwhelmed, I can't possibly do this. This is way more than, how could you possibly expect me, Lord, to, to be used in a way to produce this kind of a result? God shows us fantastic things about our life. And so in order for us to have that focus, God gives us something called function. And it is the power of his imparted anointing to supernaturally work through us to perform the focus that he's given us. Um, there's places all throughout the scripture, but I picked one example out of the end of the, the Gospel of Mark where it says, And when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, so let me just pause for a moment. They were having fellowship. It says, when Jesus was done talking with them, so they were having fellowship. Is that not right? They were fellowshipping together. The Lord talked to them. They obviously were getting some focus from the Lord about what they were supposed to do, weren't they? So when the Lord Jesus had finished talking with them, he was taken up into heaven and sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Let me just pause for a moment. If God had just talked to me on that hillside that day, and I'd been one of the... Uh, the disciples, and Jesus was risen, he's glowing, he's, he's got that holy fire all over him, and I'm standing there watching him, I would be believing anything's possible. I would be like, yes, Jesus is back, we're in charge, this thing's happening, it's on, it's on. I would, I would have that kind of confidence, and there's Jesus right there, I'd be wanting to, I'd, I'd push Terry out of the way and get up close, just kind of grab his sleeve, I'm with you, Jesus. And he says, you're going to go into all the world. I can do that because he's there, right? You're going to speak to kings. You're going to uproot communities with the power of God and transform them out from the powers of darkness into the power of light. Oh, I can do that. Raise the dead and heal the sick. Oh, I can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. And then he starts floating. Ho, wait, ho, hold on, whoa, where are you going? I'd be the guy jumping up and down trying to grab him. Whoa, 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 hold on. <laughs> Everything was fine till Jesus went up. You understand what I'm saying? All of a sudden, it, the, it says right there, when he got done talking to them, he was taken up into heaven, sat down at the place of honor at God's right hand. Well, how are we going to do all this with Jesus sitting up at the right hand? How's this going to happen? 
But we know that God sent something called function. He brought them into fellowship. He gave them a focus. And they didn't just go running off and, 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 and jump into the mission. They waited until something that I call function fell upon them and filled them. And it was supernatural. It was embedded in them. Listen to what the rest of that verse says. And the disciples went everywhere and preached. And the Lord worked. The Lord worked. They went and preached, but who was working? Who worked? They went and preached. I thought he was at the right hand. How is it that when they went into Capernaum and started preaching, who worked? The Lord worked. So if he's up in heaven at the right hand, how is it that he's opening the eyes of the blind, delivering demoniacs in, in, in Gadaria or in Jerusalem and Capernaum? How's that happening? It's called function. Function. Function is God's power and ability present in you. The Bible says they went and preached everywhere and the Lord worked through them, confirming what they said by many miraculous signs. You know, there's a lot of Christians running around saying, I'm looking for some confirmation. Wouldn't it be awesome? We love, to, we love that saying, decree a thing and the Lord will bring it to pass. And we stand up and decree things all the time. But how many of you know that the Lord, the Lord wants you and I to be in the position where we decree a thing and God is working through us? That's how he's glorified. So the four F's are very vital. They are absolutely essential. We can't go running off just because we've got a focus. We need to have that function imparted into us. Can you say amen? amen. So, you know, in life, most of us try to do the things that we believe are right. And I believe that of most people. When I say us, I, I mean inclusive of all the people in the world. I believe most people try to do what's right. In fact, I believe most people try to do not only what's right, but, but Christians try to do what they believe God wants done, try to do the will of God. Yet, too often, we're disappointed by a lack of fruit. Admit it. I don't need to see a show of hands. But we feel oftentimes, you know, I, I've been doing what the Lord wants. I, I feel like I've been obeying God. I'm not seeing the fruit. I'm not seeing the fruit. And when I read in the scripture, they fellowship with God, they got a focus, and then they went out and there was fruit. You just read it all over the Gospels, read it in the Old Testament, you read it in the book of Acts. And so if you and your life were to make up the 29th chapter of the book of Acts, would it say, and so-and-so went out and did such-and-such, such, the Lord worked with them, and here's all this fruit. The reality is, most of us have not seen the level of fruit that we know God wants to bring forth in our life. And you know what? Nobody wants to be a party pooper. And especially when you're having church on a Sunday morning, the last thing you want is a preacher to get up and say, you know what, we're not having fruit around here. Hold on, I came out here to get lifted up. I came out here to get encouraged. I don't, you know, you're a party pooper, man. Put the prophet away. Get the pastor back out here. We need some spiritual massaging, rub down and, and build up and everything. Yeah, but you know, 
What good is all that massaging and building up at the expense of the truth? If we don't get down to the truth, if somebody doesn't say, hey, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. We haven't been seeing fruit in a long time. If somebody doesn't say, hey, where's the beef? People going to get sick of lettuce and tomato and, and, and the bun. I want, to see, I want to see the meat. I want the bacon on it. Are you listening to me? And so we, we need to get down to the point where we're asking about fruit. Where is that fruit? Instead of kicking the can down the road and saying, well, you know, all right, so that's in God's hands. Yeah, but God put it in your hands. See, yeah, it is in God's hands, but he's trying to put it in your hands. What I'm saying is function is us getting a hold of God and God getting a hold of us so that when we move, his hand, our hand is his hand. Amen? And, and that's God's will for all of our lives. Um, so I don't want you to lament. And, and I said us in here when I said most of us are disillusioned over a lack of fruit. I said us because I've experienced it in my life. Every Christian that's what with God is sincere has said, yeah, you know what? I'm not seeing the level of fruit. And, you know, when I read the Bible... I feel unfruitful. When I look at, at myself and all my friends, I feel like I'm doing pretty good. And see, that's the problem. Group faith. We compare ourselves with one another. And well, we're all in the same boat. Are you listening to me? You're not supposed to, you're not going to get the victory just because we all look at one another and say, well, we're all doing pretty good. Well, yeah, but there's fruit to be obtained. And so we start wondering if God is with us. But too often the reality is that what's happened is we've caught a glimpse of God's focus and then we've run off to do it in our own strength, our own ability. Thanks God, I, I know what you want to do and we run off and go to, we do it. We try to do what's right, but we wonder why fruit doesn't occur. We didn't wait for the function part, amen? We need that function to come into our life. And so function isn't just doing what's right. Function is letting God focus you on his will and then waiting on him to show you how to do it and further imparting the power to go do it. Now, I'm probably the worst one in the sanctuary this morning at this. I am rather quick. I get, uh, I get a hold of a vision. I'm up and running. Because I feel like, because I've seen it, I can do it. I'm like that. If I see it, oh, I can just go do it. But you know, the older I get, the more I learn. Take an extra minute, go down on your knees, and be still before the Lord. Say, Lord, I've seen that. Help me to not jump up and run off and just do this. I can't do it without you. If you showed it to me, then surely you have an anointing, a way that you want this done, give me that impartation. So fellowship, focus, function, and then of course, function produces fruit. In John chapter 15, Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. So the Lord's looking for fruit in our life. In fact, he's designed us and he's called us to produce fruit. 
And not just to produce fruit, but to produce fruit that will abide and live and, and remain. So fruit, basically, if I had to define it according to our, our message on the four Fs, I would say fruit is the result of living deliberately through the first three Fs. Fruit's what happens because I have lived fellowship, focus, and function. Fruit takes care of itself. I don't have to go out and make fruit. Fruit happens Amen. when you successfully live fellowship, focus, and function. Remember that Jesus said, take my yoke, learn of me. Then it doesn't say you will produce rest or you'll go rest. It says you'll find rest. The rest, the peace, the sense of, of fulfillment in life that you, all of us crave and are looking for is in God's perfect order. It's something you discover, not something that is the fruit of your own labors. You come into fellowship, take his yoke, begin to learn, let him give you focus, let him teach you, and as a result, you'll discover. Rest will come to you. Rest will find you. And all, when God made Adam, when he made the human race, he made us to labor. He made us to function. He made us to work. We were designed and created to work the works of God and <clears throat> to labor in, for, and through the glory of God. So we are not at rest simply because we're laying down. We're at rest when a work has been accomplished. How many of you have felt that wonderful feeling of accomplishment? When a work has been accomplished, there's a wonderful rest now, some of us lay down in the bed at night and we're tossing and turning because there's lack of accomplishment going on in our life. There's things that need to be done. How many of you have ever lost sleep because of lack of rest? See, there's no rest in your life. God's wanting to bring you to a place of rest. That kind of rest is when, when things have been accomplished. God has passed you by a mile marker in your life and accomplishment has taken place. And so rest is something you'll find. You'll just come to that place of rest as a Christian if you learn the four Fs and get in that process. Come the next few months as we break this down and look at what are the four Fs and how do I work them in my life and put them to work and become a fruitful Christian. Let me share a verse. Um, it's... Uh, kind of obscure, you don't hear it a lot, but the, there's a little bitty book in the New Testament called Philemon or Philemon, and it's, a, it's a, a letter, a very short letter, that the Apostle Paul wrote to a beloved brother in the Lord. And in, in this letter, in verse 7, because it's only got one chapter, he says this to Philemon, your love has given me much joy and comfort, my brother, for your kindness has often refreshed the hearts of God's people. Wow. Wouldn't you love to be Philemon? Having the apostle Paul say to you, I rejoice in you. Your hearts have refreshed God's people. You see, that's what a fruitful Christian looks like. When you're walking in the four Fs, you're a person who is fruitful. And when you're a fruitful Christian... The world is blessed to have you in it. 
You are loving. You're kind. You're honest. You're faithful. You're helpful to others. And because of you, people are made aware of the goodness of God. As others see your reliance upon the Lord as you work it out through the four F's in your life, despite your imperfections, because none of us are perfect, you're still a living credit to Jesus Christ. You're a living invitation to receive Jesus as Lord. When you walk in the four F's, you're a fruitful Christian. Hallelujah. And so the four F's are all about how, learning how to live successfully as a Christian. I'm going to close with this comment before we pray. You know, as you work with the Holy Spirit to build this pattern of the four F's into yourself, it will make you into a successful, living deliberately Christian producing wonderful, lasting fruit in your life that both you and God will be proud of. God wants you and I to shine, not with egotism, but with a wonderful sense of pride. And I know that, I know that some of you, uh, though maybe outwardly people see you as a confident person, but in, inwardly some of you carry bruises on the inside. You feel that, that your life just isn't measuring up. One of the things about walking with God is you can be bruised and battered outwardly. You know, you could be, you could be asymmetrical and, uh, you know, not one of the beautiful people, messed up, hair falling out, jacked up teeth, uh, you know, lack of money, driving a clunker, you know, whatever it is in life, uh, dinged up, uh, don't talk right, don't impress people. You could be all those things. You could be hurting. You could be bruised in a number of ways. But the one place where God truly wants you to be happy with yourself is deep inside that you can be proud of yourself. How many Christians is the devil robbing of the ability to be proud of yourself? Instead, he's got us looking at the stupid stuff we tripped up and did this and did that. Child of God, listen to me this morning when I tell you. Stop worrying about all this outer stuff. You know, you got a whole lifetime to deal with it. And you know what? One day they're going to go to your funeral and say wonderful things about you. Your life will have been over and all this junk is still going to be happening and going on. You're not going to stop it. You're not going to solve every one of your problems. Focus right now on what's really important. What's really important is God wants to bring true joy into your life. When I meet people who have what I'm talking about, people who walk in the four Fs, who have this inner glow, I know that they are proud of Christ in them. And they, they're not egotistical, but they have that abiding sense that there is fruit in their life that God is proud of, and they know it, and they feel proud of it. And they're not out bragging. It's not that kind of pride. It's a comfort. It's a wonderful comfort. And I meet people like that. I meet them in 350-pound bodies. 
I meet them in cars that are broken down on the side of the road. I meet them in the bank lines at the teller window all embarrassed because the teller says, I can't cash this check, you're overdrawn. You know, I, I meet them in those situations in life that all of us feel ashamed of, wish we didn't have to, and the devil keeps using them to eat away at us. And, you know, why do I keep getting into these kind of relationships? Don't even get me started there. What's wrong with me that the patterns in my life, I keep, you know, every time I get a boyfriend, ends up being a dog. You know what? Can't I pick a right guy? Men. Man, I can't get a decent girlfriend. You know, I'm, I'm tormented inside. Uh, uh, you know, everything is sexual in my mind. I, I can't seem to get a clear, pure vision of life. And it messes up all my relationships. So this is real stuff. This is the kind of thing people are uh, uh, struggling with on the inside. The four Fs. Wouldn't it be wonderful? Lift you out of that place and bring God's peace into your life so that there's fruit that you and God are proud of. That's the place I believe the Lord wants to bring you as I, I teach on the four Fs, to bring that into your life because you are the kind of people, you're just perfect for God to use. You're perfect vessels. You're the kind of people, God can do great things through you. Um, he just needs that inner place opened up and surrendered to Him. And He will help you with all the rest. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Let's, let's close up our Bibles or turn off our devices and stand together.